Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Jeonju, South Korea with my new friend Dan Hughes of danhughesmusic.com. Dan is a traveling musician and he visits Jeonju several times a year to play at concerts. He fell in love with the city because it feels like you have one foot in the future and another back in time. In this episode, Dan and I talk about the Jeonju Hanok Heritage Village, Korean barbecue, and the birthplace of bibimbap. You hear about these three fun stories, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Jeonju. Be sure to stick around after the interview to hear a sample of Dan's music. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Dan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good to be here. Today, we're talking about Jeonju, uh, South Korea, and hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Yes, you did. I know you don't live in that town. What's your connection to the city? So I'm a professional uh, musician. I record and write music. Uh, about four years ago, I started touring there, and that was one of the towns that I've been to consistently since I've been there. What are some of the things that you love most about the city? It has a new part and an old part. Um, there's lots of cool venues to play at and bars to go to. So it's got culture and the people are, are just lovely. Cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning about the city because I honestly haven't heard about Jeonju before. And so if you had to describe the city or the people in just a couple of words, how would you do that? New and old and friendly and peaceful. Okay, cool. So would, if people are planning to make a trip to Jeonju, what's the weather like throughout the year? Are there certain times of the year that maybe people really want to try to focus when they go visit? I think the best time to visit, because I've been through different seasons at different times, I think the best time to visit would be like um, April time, um, because everything is sort of like pink blossoms and kind of cool, but not too hot. Whereas the summer is just like really humid. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I'm used to that uh, hot and humid here in Nashville, and it, it gets pretty bad. Yeah. Are there certain, uh, say, like festivals, especially as a musician, like music festivals or other types of festivals that, that maybe people want to be interested in? There's a guy in the town called Inyol Park, and he is a music promoter, musician and a music promoter, and he's he always is putting on festivals and stuff like that. And I got to play, like he put on an international festival called Green Blue Festival in, in a forest outside of Jeonju. Um, and he runs that maybe every, every other year. I highly recommend anybody going to that festival because it's just such a nice atmosphere. That's really cool. Like, I can only imagine the whole just scene of listening to awesome music while you're in the middle of a forest. Yeah, it's bizarre. In a, in a good way. It's just very different. I saw something. Of, there's another festival called Radio Star. What is that? Um, uh, Radio Star is a, is a music venue where a lot of American indie bands play I've played there a couple of times before as well. It's it's a um, like a proper rock and roll venue, like old school. You have them in Nashville, very kind of like your feet stick to the floor, but it's a really good. <laughs> so how how is it that because uh, you're in England, how did they find out about you, or how did you find out about Jeonju? The how did that connection happen? I had a friend who who went out and toured there 
quite a while ago and we started talking about places to play in different countries and I was going to come to America to play. He ended up persuading me to go to um, South Korea. So I went out there and then I sort of, from then on, I kind of built doing a few shows and then doing more and more and it sort of went that way. Okay, so if people are planning to to visit South, uh, South Korea and, and Jeju, how do we get there? Uh, I know Seoul you know, has a great airport, Incheon, but how do we actually get to, to Jeju? The public transport in, in Korea is fantastic. It's so efficient and clean and um, wherever you want to go is quite affordable. So I'd say probably uh, the train is the best form. So flying to Seoul and then catch the train from Seoul to Jeonju. It's about three hours, I think. And um, it's a very beautiful train journey with lots of rice fields of mountains and um, a different kind of backdrop that, that's unusual to, I think, the West. When I was doing my research, I saw that you can actually fly into Jeonju, make a connection from Seoul, but taking the train sounds like it might be a, an even better experience. That way you can, you can see more of the country while you're, while you're going from, from Seoul to Jeonju. I had no idea that you, you could take the plane to Jeonju. Maybe I'll do that next time. Well, I guess I think by the time you wait for the flight, you get from the airport to the city and everything like that, it might be about the same amount of time anyways from uh, the three-hour train ride versus an hour flight because anytime you take an hour flight, waiting around, doing everything else, you're checking your bags and everything, waiting for your bags when you arrive, that's probably going to be three hours anyways. I think you you get to see a lot more on a train than you do on a plane. It's definitely easier to get up and walk around too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So once we actually get to Jeonju, while we're there, do we need to rent a car? Or like you said, the public transportation is really fantastic. Do we just uh, rely on that? It would depend on 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 what circumstances. Like my circumstances is that I'm I'm a sort of an independent musician who's sort of bumming around <laughs> the country. So I quite often take trains or taxis are very affordable there as well. I think once you get into this the main center, though, you can walk most places, which is good. You know, in my family, you know, I'm I'm the dad, so I'm usually driving, and my wife and, and the kids are are able to look around. Anytime I get a chance not to drive, I definitely take advantage of it because that way I get to explore and, and see things. And I think just whenever you're taking a car, you're so focused on the road, you don't get to, a chance to see all the places around. Or if you want to stop and and check out something, it's harder to do that, especially in a foreign land where you don't know, don't know the sort of the road etiquette. Yeah, exactly. Or where to find parking, right? Yeah. Uh, by the time you find parking, you forgot where you were trying to where you're, where you're trying to go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of the the attractions that are available there in Jeonju. Uh, obviously, music venues. You know a lot about those. Uh, we can talk about those. But I think there's, like you said, there's also a lot of historical and and older uh, attractions that people really don't want to miss out on. Yeah, well, it's like the whole of Korea. Actually, I think Jeonju's good description of Korea is where they have like one foot is in the future. 2050 or something and then the then the other foot's it's like going back in time it has that wonderful balance between the two so you have like the new part of the city where you have like all the all the sort of flashing lights and the the bars and stuff like that and then you have like hanok village where it's sort of like more gentle and an older like slower paced uh one of the things that i was reading that Jeonju is really known for their food, their street food. They said it's like the food capital of South Korea because it has like the, the best food. And it's even named the UNESCO City of Gastronomy in 2012. I did not know that. But it's amazing food. Yeah, I mean, the food, 
it's, it's a cultural thing as well isn't it because like the food western food is a lot different to asian food so it takes time to get used to the cuisine but it, it's fantastic the national dish in korea is uh, kimchi have you ever tried it i don't think i have it's like fermented cabbage it's like like it's a superfood it's like a health food and uh, bibimbap is basically like a seaweed with rice and then kimchi in it and then sometimes they have meat inside as well it's very good yeah, I know my, my wife is like totally into all, you know, all that, so I, I'm sure she would love it. Yeah, get her to try kimchi. She'll love it. I don't know if you know about this, but there's a Macchioli, something like that. It's an unfiltered rice wine. I heard about that, and uh, that seems pretty amazing. I guess a lot of bars are around there centered around that, and if you order, yeah, they actually bring you out a round of food for, free of charge. So you get awesome drinks and free food. That sounds like a total winner to me. They're very generous people, the Koreans. Food is like a communal thing there. So it's like, whereas, say, uh, in America and Europe, often you have your own meal. Whereas there, it's like you, you always share your meal. So it's like the, kind of like the family-style dining. Yes. Yeah, so traveling on my own is very difficult because if I want to get something to eat, <laughs> it's um, impossible, almost impossible. Yeah, because it's like large portions. And, and with the large portions, the prices may be a little bit higher, right? Well, yeah. And also, I don't want to eat like a 14 pieces of chicken. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to make friends uh, quickly, right? That way you can gather everybody around the table so that way you can eat together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely a country that's very difficult not to make friends in because they're so friendly, especially if you're from the West. They're very sort of interested in um, why you're uh, there and what like your backstory and stuff like that. That's really cool that they embrace you that way. Let's talk about some of the other things to, to do while we're there in, in Jeju. And again, I, I may be butchering the name here, but, but uh, Jamin Village? Yeah. So it's like a massive street market. Yeah, from, from what I was saying, yeah, it's like a street market where I guess they, it was a hillside shantytown that they built after, uh, after the Korean War. And then instead of tearing it down, they turned it into more like an artist village. Yeah, it's a bit like the Korean version of Soho. Or in New York, they, you have Greenwich Village. Yeah, Greenwich Village. That kind of similar vibe. It's definitely quite um, an, an artsy place. Also, it seems like, you, like you're mentioning that you have the one foot in the history, one foot in the future. These little buildings called Hanuks. I guess they're like slate tiled roofs curling gently up into the sky and yeah. mud walls and, and everything like that. It seems really like it's like takes you into a different time warp, you know. Quite a lot of people like um, have like office spaces there as well. One of my friends, she like did did like art there, like an art studio. So it's like it's perfect for that kind of thing, really. And it is beautiful, yeah, very old traditional kind of architecture. And like you were talking about before, that they have such a like a, like a big food culture there in Jeju. So we talked a little bit about the macchioli, the the kimchi. Is there anything else that maybe we should try while we're there, or certain restaurants that maybe you recommend? The Korean barbecues is a must try. So um, they have like barbecue houses all over the country, and in Jeonju they have, have obviously have it as well. And it's like basically they have like a round table and like a barbecue in the middle, and then they give you all these sides, and it's like a pork dish, and you eat kimchi and have the pork, and you uh, wrap it up and eat it, and use like a very communal way of uh, eating. It's really good. That's really cool. I've seen some of those here in the U.S. where it's like you almost have like your you have your own little griddle. Yeah. 
in the middle of your table, right? And so you can cook your own meat to like if you like it rare, if you like it well done, or whatever, somewhere anywhere in between. You can cook the meat to your liking, and, and you just order plates of meat, right? Yeah, um, America and Korea have quite a strong tie with each other, don't they? As well, because of the historically the war and stuff like that. I think a lot of Koreans moved to America. Let's just imagine there's a lot of um, Korean restaurants, maybe in different areas of America. There are, yeah. Is there anything else that maybe? What do they eat for, like, say, the like dessert or for breakfast, things like that? Is there anything else we should really kind of focus on? I suppose uh, one thing I haven't mentioned is that like there's a huge emphasis on like night culture, so it's not unnormal to go to bed at like five in the morning. Oh wow! And then sort of wake up whenever and. I mean, obviously, people work and they don't do that, but a lot of people do work that, like, live that kind of lifestyle. The kids go to school like early in the morning, then finish in the afternoon, and they go go again afterwards as well. The nighttime culture is very kind of um, sort of geared towards nighttime. So breakfast, I think, is is such a big thing. Uh, maybe a coffee or something, and then uh, lunchtime, even back you'd have as a snack maybe, as opposed to a meal. But yes, it, I think it's more sort of geared towards um, nighttime eating. So do they have uh, like certain types of desserts? Maybe something if you have a sweet tooth that you want to try to satisfy there after after your, your dinner? Yeah, so they have like um, dessert restaurants. There's loads of coffee shops that sell like cake and dessert. And one of the desserts I remember having is like, like a black bean pudding. It's like um, iced rice with like black bean pudding in the middle of it and then like sauce on top of it. Well, interesting. Which is quite nice. Was it more like sweet or tart? How would you describe that then? I suppose it's a bit like a rice pudding. Do you have rice pudding over in America? We do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a frozen version of rice pudding with beans on top. It's, it's definitely worth trying. Uh, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and, and sharing some tips for Jenju. We hinted a little bit about you being a musician. We're going to save a few minutes for, at the, for the end of the show where we can play a little bit of your music. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Jeonju, where should they go and what should they eat? There's a bar called Charlie's Bar and, and there's a restaurant underneath that's connected to it and um, I'd recommend them to eat bibimbap. But you can get bibimbap anywhere, pretty much any restaurant. That sounds good. Uh, we got to make sure we try some of the local fare, for sure. So you've been there a few times uh, on your musical tours. What's one of your most memorable stories? I'd say like probably performing at that festival in the in the forest because it was just the journey there was just so different was it in the city or was it pretty far out from the city it's pretty far out from the city so i had to take the train out but it's probably about half an hour outside of the city maybe like i said it's obviously a great setting so it seems like pretty happy culture you know a lot of uh, people that embrace you and treat you well where should they go for the happiest happy hour in in (laughs) jenju there's so many bars to go to I'd say like the, the area close to the one bar would be like the, the new town because there's loads of different bars you can go to that have different kind of feel to it. It's like like a bar crawl. I like when they have a lot of different bars on the same spot. That way, you know, if you're not feeling the vibe, you know, maybe, you know, if you're single looking for looking for somebody to <laughs> meet or whatever, you know, if you don't see what you like there, you can always go to the next one. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's the cool thing about uh, Jeonju is like it's a very transient kind of city. People are just moving on to different places and doing different things. It's cool. Is it primarily uh, South Koreans there, or are there a lot of expats in the city as well? Lots of English teachers, Western English teachers, that work there and live there in most cities in Korea. But 
because I travel the way I do, um, I tend to meet mainly Koreans because I'm not related to teaching English, I'm playing music. So uh, this question is always a little odd sometimes when, uh, when I'm talking to people from different countries because I never know if they actually have pepperoni pizza there. But uh, what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Jeonju? I've only had a Korean pizza once and it wasn't in Jeonju. It was in another town, but the, the, the pizza is very different. The base is like um, kimchi and then it's got the cheese on top of that and then the pepperoni pizza. Most takeouts, I think, would do that. So it's like a, it's it's like one of those things where your mom, you know, if you're not eating your vegetables, she's gonna blend it into something you, that you like. That way, you're gonna eat them no matter what. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you travel a lot with your with your music uh, as you're touring around and everything. Uh, what's your best travel tip? Different for different people, isn't it? But from my perspective, I suppose like try and be as sort of compact as possible. Don't carry too much. Think about what you need what, instead of what you want. If, you, if you're a guitar player and you're playing on your own, put your underwear <laughs> in your guitar. Yeah, that's, good. <laughs> that's a good place to hide it, right? Uh-huh. Uh, or I guess it compacts <laughs> everything, right? You're, we used to do this with our strollers or our car seats with our kids, is that when you put them in a bag, there's a little bit of a hollow space and so you can shove a lot of things in there. And I guess it's the same thing with your guitar. You can, you can fit some of your clothes inside that hole. Exactly. When I travel, usually um, it depends on on how long I go for. But usually, say career, I, I have like a hand like luggage in my guitar, and that's it for the whole time. And I'm, sometimes I'm there for three months. Oh wow, that's incredible. Well, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing about Genju. I've learned a lot, and I'm sure the audience did as well. But can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and if somebody wants to learn more about you, uh, where can they reach you? I'm a British. A musician, songwriter, and I tour around and gig uh, different places. My, my website, if you want to visit that, is www.danhughesmusic.com. Um, I play on my own, and I play in a, my own three-piece band as well. Awesome. Well, we're going to have links to all that in the show notes. Again, Dan, thanks for coming on the show, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Awesome. Big thanks to Dan for coming on the show and sharing his tips for Jianju. Show him some love by downloading his music on Amazon Music. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Jianju. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Jianju. We want to say thank you to AwardWallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Tampa Bay, Florida to speak with my new friend, Josh Ginsberg, the author of Secret Tampa Bay. In this episode, Josh and I talk about the Gasparilla Pirate Festival, the Salvador Dali Museum, and the Shine Mural Festival. Be able to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Yeah.
You're the reason I get 